Thanks for joining us. It's the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox joining you. Stan Spivey, the coach, is in the house as well. Coming to you from Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood, where it's been a beautiful afternoon so far, but the rain making its way in. It's going to make things really interesting here as uh, the heritage is also underway. And we've got our very own Ben Martin enjoying festivities up there, and he's in the clubhouse now. He's done even far. He started out great. Uh, and tomorrow, let's hope he picks up that same pace. He was 500 through 15, didn't close the way you want. So him and his caddy are going to have a little chat. Come out tomorrow, shoot five. It's like Stan said, you're starting even. You're, yeah. you're zero, zero starting Friday. And you're ahead of a lot of people. You are. You're going to be ahead. I mean, like I said, Scotty, he may play with Scotty Sheffield tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's even far. Yeah. So one thing for sure about the postage stamps, green, the Hilton head, they're tough to put. They're tough to land on. <laughs> so, and, and it costs being coming in. But. And you can imagine the wind that's going to be up there tomorrow oh, yeah. with the storms that are coming. They may already be else. getting Ooh. some rain. They may actually be getting some rain. I didn't watch it, stream it, watch it live. But Well, Victor Hovland is uh, <laughs> right now in the clubhouse as well. Again, seven under. Same thing he did last week at the Masters. All right. I'm not going to say it this time. I said last week he'd blow up. <laughs> well, he did in the He did blow round, up, but, but he didn't. Yeah, he hung around. I give him credit. I mean, it, you know, that was his only his second or third time So, in Augusta. So, I mean, and he's a great player. He's a great – I was looking like Harris England. she got a lot of Georgia Bulldogs in this leaderboard as well. So, it's a fun tournament to watch, a fun tournament to go to. So, if you get a chance, head down to Hilton Head. Yeah. Always fun to go to Hilton Head. Bluffton area. There's a lot of stuff to do down there, a lot of scenery. So, check it out. So while we're talking about former athletes at Greenwood and Emerald High School and in around the Lakelands as well, you've been <laughs> busy trying to find out and find, you know following some former Eagles in the process of all this, as well as some former Chiefs that are uh, doing well in the XFL now. They are, and like I said today, I just happened to ask you if you got it yet, which I don't guess you do. Uh, Greenwood sent out their nominees for um, Hall of Fame. Uh, so some of you are going to get it, fill it out think uh i think stan has a really good point on that whole deal um because i think that's what we need to look it's not really what you've done with your career it's what you did while you were in school um it's a high school hall of fame and so i think that's what you base it on and, and that, that your concept will totally change the way i look at things i mean because like i said ben coach was a good friend of mine a uh, good teammate and like i said went on to play for the patriots and that doesn't matter it's what Ben did the year, half a year he was there, I think. And then, like I said, he went to college. He grew up and went huge on me and it came back a different beast, as we call him. But, yeah, XFL, um, Martavius Bryant, mm-hmm. Callum Falls, and Mateo Durant, who a lot of people from the McCormick area do follow. Uh, they played last weekend, and, and Durant got the, the edge on it. They both had touchdowns in the game. Um, Martavius Bryant, to me, because – he wasn't one of my favorite players because of the attitudes, um, and I think that's what pushed him away. Let's hope now, Stan, that him being away from the game, realizing that that's the way he's going to make his money, he's got to change an attitude to do it. I think he's a team player with uh, with the Vegas team, and I th- every time, every game I watched him play, he's he's critical of the quarterback. He's like, "Thank you for throwing me the ball." Uh, he wants to be a part of a team, and that's a change that that a team like Pittsburgh who let him go. Um, I, I don't know that he'll ever go back to Pittsburgh, but if you're a team out there looking for a pretty good wide receiver at 6'3", 6'4". He's the a Panthers good, need somebody. So he, He's a good guy to go get, and I think that's what you're going to see. I think that's the combination with the Rocks League and the USFL, which also starts this weekend, ironically enough. And if you're a Gamecock like Stan Spivey and myself, the Birmingham by, uh, Stallions are your team. Just yesterday alone, they picked up four guys, and I forgot half of them's name, and I got them locked up over here. But uh, Blake Stamper's one of them, and who else did I tell you? Mark Wade's one of them. 
Uh, Devin Taylor is one of them. Uh, and ironically, I didn't even know Devin Taylor played for Buford. He's an eagle. I didn't know that. But uh, like I said, you got Cinderius Hutcherson was the other one of the Fords. So if you're a Gamecock and you love your former teammates, um, the Birmingham Stallions are going to be your team, and they're also defending champs with with Skippy Holtz at the helm. And it it's just a it's just something about watching guys play for the love of that game because they're not making a lot of money at XFL. And and AJ McCarron, for instance, yeah, he will earn ten times his salary doing college football this coming year from Alabama, play quarterback, then the season in the XFL. But his whole dynamics and all, he's like, I didn't care if they paid me or not. I wanted my son to see me play, and he got to see me play. That's the only reason I cared. And if they paid me, they paid me because I'm going to live off my broadcasting abilities for the rest of his life. And that's what I love about these. That's the reason I watch these. Um, and the more and more of the pro stuff that I watch, I don't like, and I don't like what I'm seeing. And so, unfortunately, play for the love of the game. Martavis Bryant's back. I think his attitude's changed until he proves me wrong. And if your Panthers do get him, they're getting a good receiver. And I think he's learned a lot over the years, and I think he learned from mistakes, and hopefully he has. And, I mean, he's certainly God welcome in New England as well. And we Pittsburgh's got a good running back in Mateo Durant from McCormick, so we're going to see. And what about DJ? You mentioned DJ uh, as a process today as well. I told you and Stan, one thing I do to to learn about sports, and I go to all the websites, and I looked at Sports Illustrated, and I I put in the the parameters for what I want to see, and it's like the state of South Carolina. It's Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia. And when there is an acquisition, I get it, you know, through either Facebook or just through their website. And today, ironically enough, DJ Swearinger, I hadn't played since 2020. Uh, with, with the rank, with the Saints, uh, he's picked up today, and I mean, I, I couldn't find of what he's going to make. But there again, he's he's not doing he's doing it to play against Stan. Yeah, he's yeah. not doing it for the money. No, well, he's doing it for the love he, of the game. He's and got plenty of money. He went to, and sometimes it's a matter that you want to play for a winning team. Yeah. And luckily enough, DC Defenders are the best team in the XFL. They got one loss this year. They're eight and one, and. That's who picks him up, and I think that's just amazing. So you're going to see guys like like him, like like Devin Taylor, who's in the XFL, and now DJ Swearinger is a local kid that's playing football again. So I'll watch it again just for him. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to watch the the DC Defenders. They're the best team in football, and you're going to see DJ's name. I just want to see what they're going to do the rest of the season. They've only got probably four games left, probably Maybe before that, playoffs, like and they know that, how yeah. playoffs. So he's going to get enough experience to where he can make enough of an impact to maybe prove to New Orleans uh, that I can still play this game. And if he can work his way back into a one more NFL contract, I think that'll be it for him. I think he'll be happy. Then you look for him to go into coaching. And, but for, for DJ and, and for um, – Mr. Norman, uh, I think those guys can still play the game. I don't think he's passed them by. I think they're running out. And so for, for that honor, for him to go back and play football again, the love of the game, not for the money this time around, is awesome. And I think, I mean, you're going to have all the local people following him. Well, DJ, you know, he played a year or two in Washington. He did. So, and he may still, that may be where his home is now. Uh, so it, it might be a... A good fit. The people are up there to kind of know the name, know what type of player he was when he was there. And, hey, we can go pick this guy up, and let's just go talk to him anyway and see. You know, Josh is another kid that played at Carolina, mm-hmm. the Panthers, for a year or so. You have to just weigh your options. What you what you I don't think DJ or or Zach. I mean, uh, Zach, uh, Josh Norman, either one is a risk factor that you take with a Martavius Bryant or uh, 
you know, these are guys that you can trust and rely on. They're team players, uh, and they're local guys, and we want to see them continue to play football, if not coach football somewhere. So I just thought when I, when I got that today, I asked you if you had seen it. And I, I don't say a whole lot of bad things about our area, but we we got to look on these papers, got to do better than what they're doing, and I'm just going to lay it on the table. I don't want that guy burn up, but I'm just saying, you got things like this happening, and a guy like Chris Cox can pick it up off of a, a website, and you don't have anything about it the whole week, that's wrong. You cover the Lakeland for a reason, or, or excuse me, you cover Greenwood for a reason. Put it out there. Let the people know what their local kids are doing, how they're doing. Instead of, like, like what I try not to do that you taught me, Tom, is it's not about cycling on the Clemson all the time. And we got a really big compliment from a lady about posting Coastal Carolina stuff. I know they're not Lakelands, but we got players that are. That play there. We got Stan Spivey, who I'll always talk about Coastal. Um, but we got to do better in the Lakelands, us included, about getting – what we got here is phenomenal. What did Caroline say when I walked in today? Lander wrestling is huge, and it is, but Lander yeah. sports in general is huge, and you don't see anything, and that's wrong. And whoever the need bees are over there at the index, man, let's do better. We'll help you do better. I, give me a number, I'll, I'll send you stuff. <laughs> Tom Carroll will tell you that. <laughs> I'll send well, you material. Well, to, to kind of get out of this rabbit hole, I, I would <laughs> like you, to say, you know, used to the, the guys would go to the NFL – few years the only place they could go would maybe be to canada you know they might get picked up by a canadian team now you've got two more leagues that have developed and those kids don't have to go across the border they can come closer back to home like you say birmingham and different places and and play and and finish out their careers set their goals finish them out and hopefully we can see something about them in the paper uh, instead of having to watch the four-letter networks all the time just to find out what's going on. <laughs> well said. I thought all he right. took me out of the rabbit hole for the other reason, but yeah. I totally let's agree go, with what you're saying, go, too. Let's go to another rabbit Let's, let's go dig us another one. I'll give you one. All right. We're oh, gonna, no. We're here we go. <laughs> get into the local sports here in just a minute. Let's go ahead and, and go around the state here quickly um, with what's going on. Uh, you look at South Carolina baseball as of right now. Big showdown with Vanderbilt getting ready to take place in the process of all of this. Um, they defeated the Upstate uh, at Founders Park 7-2 to on Tuesday night. Um, you know, Vandy pretty much down North Alabama, 14-2. to two. So you're looking at two powerhouses here coming in. And long ball versus pitching, can South Carolina's pitching guys stand up to uh, Vanderbilt's pitching right now? He's in Petrie right now is, is a kid on fire um, and a kid that didn't get a whole lot of looks. And I think he's just a kid that's mad that nobody else looked at him other than Mark Kingston. And he's on a home run parade that's just going crazy. Vandy does have the big pitching. Um, I think the deal this week with the midweek games, I think we played a lot tougher team in upstate than, than Vandy played in who, Alabama or South Alabama, Alabama, whoever they played. Um, really good really good baseball team. Don't get me wrong, but the one thing about upstate is pitching this year, and we, we came from behind. Did we not in that game stand? It was 7-2 final, but I think we were behind um, two or three to nothing. No, because we, we, we led off in the top of the first. We, Petri hit first, it. Petri. We hit back-to-back home runs, and Petrie was one of them. The one thing I seen, you mentioned Petrie, uh, the kid, yeah, he's hitting home runs, but he's hitting like 459. You don't hit 459 just hitting home runs. He's a baller. So he's a baller. He's a hell of a leadoff hitter too. Well, (laughs) and the thing about it, if you watch the games and you've seen, uh, seen him enough, 
he hits the ball where it's pitched. If you throw him low and outside, he can hit it. You throw him tight, he can hit it. He he puts the bat on the ball. Who's he remind you of? I'm pitching and it, it makes it makes it hard for those pitchers to try to, and the coaches. What do we do? What kind of pitch do we try to throw to this cat? I mean, he's batting almost 500 to begin with. Well, you know, well, let's don't give him anything to hit. Well, then you're putting him on base, and, oh, the next guy up's hitting home runs, and the guy behind him hitting home runs. So, you know, <laughs> let's just pitch to him, hope we give up a solo instead of a two-run blow. But. That's exactly what LSU coach said. He said, where do you pitch him? What, yeah. what do you want to pitch him? I'll put you on the spot, Stan. Who's he remind you as a former hitter for the game cost? And that's where this uh, team comes into play because they're starting to hit the ball like a Tanner team would do. Yeah. And this kid, Peter, reminds me of a kid that's playing in the in the MLB, I mean, Major League Baseball now with the Kansas City Royals. His name's Whit Merrifield. I mean, he's a hitter, but he's got enough power to where he can hit out. And the first thing you saw when I was watching today was a, a – a, Thing from last night where Muirfield hits another home run for KC and they win a game. Next one up was Christian Walker. So the whole Major League Network now is talking about Gamecocks. Just in two two clips that you just happened to see today, Arizona Diamondbacks with Christian Walker. That's what's amazing that Christian Walker's been gone from Carolina for how long now, Stan? Five? See, six years? Oh, it's been longer than that. And this kid's finally making a, a revival or come back again in, in Major League Baseball. It's good. I mean, I, I love the aspect of it, but this is a good baseball team, and this year, like I said, our pitching's holding out like we need it to. Let's just hope it continues and let the kids continue to have fun. That's what they're doing. They're having fun. Well, the only problem we have going into Vanderbilt this week, and I was talking to Tom a little bit before we went on air here, is uh, our Sunday pitcher, Noah Hall, is out with an injury. Uh, Kingston was asked point blank, when do you expect to have him back? And, well, he's not playing this week. That was the first thing out, and then we're hoping two to maybe three weeks. Well, so now you're down that Sunday starter. Now you got to go looking. Where am I going to find? What can I do? Well, the last two, three midweek games, well, you go back to just last week. They played a number 13 North Carolina team and used these little-known pitchers and end up with a 5-0 win. Uh, this week, same like they go to USC Upstate again. These little-known pitchers. Now the people that follow them know who this kid is, who that kid is, and but it's not your normal weekend starters. It's not your normal weekend closers. Your mid relief guys. So now they got to go to that pool and say, who are we gonna start? Who can we get four innings out of? Sunday or five innings, you know. But it's still going to be a good series. I, I still hate going to Vanderbilt because <laughs> yeah, it's, a total, it's a total turf field, and I just – baseball is meant to be played on grass and dirt. You're <laughs> supposed to come out with a dirty uniform, not like you walked yeah. on the field. I love I love Nashville, by the way. He doesn't like it. I love it because it's a great atmosphere. It's a good atmosphere. You want good the barbecue town, the and good bars is- and stuff. That's where you want to go. Um, I think the immediate response would be a guy like Saunders, but you can't take him out of a Friday Saturday yeah. role because just to throw him in yeah. there, I like it for the reason that it's next man up mentality. And yeah. we got those young guys like you're talking about. Yeah. I think Blake uh, Kennedy's one of those kids that won last week at North Carolina. Let that kid – give him a shot, man. Yeah. If you're not comfortable with him on Sunday, move Saunders to where he used to pitch anyway. Instead of being yeah. the starting pitcher on Friday Saturday, throw him on a Sunday role because you know he can handle it and let one of his other little kids pitch Friday Saturday. Um, you also got to worry about weather. What the weather's going to be, and like I said, that could. 
I mean, a, a kid that don't have any of the knowledge, it won't affect his play because he just wants to be out there playing. He's trying to make a name to to move up on that slot. So, but this, but the, and, and, and to get off the pitching and get back to the hitting, this is a team, and it is a team game, and this is a team that is leading D one baseball in home runs, and that difference between number one and number two seems like every game Carolina plays that it gets bigger and bigger. So, you know, it's not just the pitcher that you have to worry about when you're pitching. It's the Casas. It's the uh, Kitham, Charson, uh, Messina. <laughs> I mean, there are other guys up and down that. And the Stone kid that came in to play center field, the first game he played, he hits two home runs. I mean, you know, and they wasn't they didn't they wasn't putting him in the lineup. He was batting like ninth. They wasn't putting him in the lineup to hit. They were putting him in the lineup to play center field. <laughs> All right, and talking about Blake, Blanton Stones, you're talking about what happens this weekend when you got a spring game in Columbia and you're playing in Vanderbilt. That means that that you know he's going to play baseball this weekend. I take it, or is he going to play football in the spring game? What he's is going, Coach? He's probably playing baseball. I'm I would figure so. I'm that saying that he's going to play Blanton Stone, yeah. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he's more. I mean, he's played all year, so I mean, yeah. that, that would make more sense than anything. But you talked about that, and you called us the kid's name, and I'm like, wait a minute, we use him on defense too, or on receiver at Carolina, so we're not all shored up there uh, like we were in a couple of years ago. But yeah, Stone Blanton, those guys that they brought here, are doing a wonderful job. And I mean, it's next man up mentality, and I think we're fine with that. All right, Mark Kingston did meet with the media last night. Um, overall, here's a little bit of what he had to say in his press conference uh, that we were part of. Yeah, again, building off of last night, uh, good Tuesday midweek game for us, another win. Um, but now, again, we're back on the weekend. Great team we're playing at the SEC. Seems like we say that every week. Uh, so we're going to prepare well today and tomorrow and try to play our best baseball this weekend. I'm going to fill the Dave Cloninger role today and ask you the first question. What, what's kind of the pitching look like for you guys? Do you have a sense yet of what it might look like rotation-wise and any, any health updates with those guys? Yeah, well, number one, I'm distracted by the fact that you didn't say thanks for doing this. If you're going to assume the role of David, uh, you need to say that. Uh, um, Rotation-wise, yeah, we'll announce it very soon. Uh, we've already announced that Hall will not be a part of it this weekend, um, but I think you can probably anticipate the rest of it based on you know what we did last weekend. Mark, if you do end up going TBA on Sunday, how do you kind of evaluate the characteristics you're looking for in that game three starter? Does starting experience matter? Just what are some things that you'll look for as you try to set up that pitching for game well, three? Well, I think you can kind of, you know, figure out. You guys know us well enough now to know who the candidates would be. Guys, I don't anticipate us starting anybody in that game that hasn't started a game already this year. So you can kind of figure out who those, who those candidates are. A lot of it just has to do with who do you need to use. Um, in Friday and Saturday's games. Um, it's just a, a use of resources, and you know who you have left. You know who has starting experience, and so that's that's really what it comes down to. Vanderbilt and their 20-whatever games coming into conference play, they were at the bottom of the SEC in most every offensive category. Now they're top in the SEC in league play in basically every offensive category. In your scouting of them, what what have you seen that's that's changed? What's made them go a little bit more in, in league play than than early in the year? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we haven't dug into it a ton. We're just getting started now this morning, so I, I'd hate to give you 
too strong an opinion on any reason why. Um, but I know they have good players. Again, they're hitting. It's it's not like they were hitting, you know, 220. They're hitting 290 overall now. So it's a good team. They run a lot. Um, obviously, Bradfield's a big part of that. Um, but I can't give you a concrete reason why they turn the corner offensively. But sometimes it just takes time. Sometimes a cold weather school takes a little more time to get their bats warm. Um, it's hard to say, um, but I, I can't really give you that answer yet. All right, so there you have Mark Kingston, his press conference last night, uh, what he had to say concerning all of that. and uh, You can tell he's a, he's a still a little nervous that this game's going to be a little tighter than I think he wants it to be. Well, I think, and, and going back to it, he don't want to ask, and I understand why. <laughs> I mean, if they go up there with their Friday, their normal Friday and Saturday starters, and they win those two ball games. There's no telling who he's going to pull out of the ball. You don't have to win that Sunday game. Yeah. yeah, you want to, don't get me wrong, and you're going to try to put your best effort in. But if you've already got the split, if you've already got the series one with a 2-0 and you're going to the rubber game, it, there's no pressure on you really to win it. The main thing is to win the series. But get that done, yeah. now if it's a 1-1 series – that's gonna change. Uh, that that's gonna change your thinking. Now he did mention that. Okay, we're not gonna start somebody that hadn't started a game. Now that don't mean they started Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That means you know. Let's go back and look at who we started Somewhere against in the North Carolina in midweek, against Clemson, against you know this team, that team, the well, teams you played earlier in the year. Another thing that that got me. In that press conference that he said is, we're not going to tell you who's going to be on Sunday because we don't know who's going to be pitching mid-relief yeah. in all of that. So if this game's tight and you're pitching in mid-relief yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, and we've seen what, what happened. I mean, yeah. go back to last yeah. year and, and yeah. all you know our, our starter goes down and we get the mid-relief and Sundays, we lost basically all of them last mm-hmm. year. So, you know, you don't want to fall into that category again no. either. I mean, I like it. I mean, it's like I said, next man up mentality. I mean, whoever pitches on Friday night is going to give him a big boost on what happens on Saturday and Sunday because he already knows he's going to pitch Friday, Saturday. I can right. promise you that. Yeah. Yeah. And let's say that he doesn't use a, a Saunders on Friday or Saturday, and we do, like you say, we come out one or two or even both of those, Saunders is going to pitch on Sunday, I can tell yeah. you, because it's going to be his turn to pitch in the rotation one way or the other. And like you said, he said there's not a lot of guys with the experience. Saunders does give you that, so – I wouldn't be stunned to see Saunders wait him wait and see if they can get one or two on Friday and Saturday before he worries about it. Um, we'll see how it goes. But like I said, it's a good baseball team. They hit the ball well. Uh, 290 in baseball, solid. I mean, that's you know pretty close to 300. Not really the power we got, but they definitely have the pitching. And so, like I said, I think the difference from last year's team, like you were talking about, is our pitching's we're, we're where we need to be this year because we are not injured like we were last year. And as far as that goes, he talks about it, it's like every week we play a ranked team. We went over the we went over the rankings what Monday. Every team in ACC, SCC, impact. 12 or 13 or whatever it is are ranking in the top 20. So every every week we count, you're going to play a top 20 team. That's just where the top baseball teams are right now, those three conferences. So you got to expect it. Another thing that I, I caught from his interview there is Vanderbilt likes to run. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this Monday. Does that pitch, does that clock with that pitcher? I saw a stat. Stolen bases this year are up 30%. This early in the season, and they're already up 30%. It's not because you got speed demons out there that you didn't have last year. No. They're getting a better jump on that pitcher because of that clock. 
and that's what a Kingston should worry about a pitcher with not a lot of experience that hadn't a lot of right. pitched a lot of games. Because I'm gonna tell you something: if I am Vanderbilt and they get a man on this kid hadn't pitched a whole lot, he's worried about that clock and more about that runner. He could almost be halfway to second before the pitcher's even gonna take a look over there because he's watching that clock. <laughs> so, well, and the thing about it too, you can there's only so many throwovers that you yeah. can make in a batter. Now so, that I do like so the that, rules. I like that. That, that you know, if you make it, I don't know, if, I don't forgot what the number is, two or three, something like that. But if you can make him throw that many over to you, you know he's, as a base runner, you know he's used them up. So now I'm just looking, I'm looking at the clock and seeing when he's delivering. If he starts his wind-up, I'm gone. I, you know, he had not even got to start his wind-up. That clock gets to this, this many seconds. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it'll be a fun one to watch. Um, and, of course, Will Sanders will get yep. the start tomorrow night. It should be a fun one. So that changes my mind because he's starting tomorrow. Yep. So we'll have that. Um, Clemson yesterday, or no, Tuesday, Tuesday, went down to Georgia and had, put on a hitting show. <laughs> 8-1 the final in that. Uh, Amick had a big night overall. When you look at, at what Billy did uh, on the mound, you're – Pretty appreciative uh, of everything that he did, holding them to just one run. Uh, had a career night, three of four um, with home runs as well, two doubles and four RBIs to go along with it. So uh, just all around good good play on his part. But more importantly, though, this is something for Clemson that they haven't had in a while, and that's momentum over a good team. And right. they've they've yeah. now they got a rematch coming up April 18th at, at Doug Kingsmore. But this is something that that you know, you can build on. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been wondering where this kid's been. I mean, Coach Baycott had called him out a couple times. And I mean, I, it was his game. I mean, Tom is, is – you know, he'd been moved down in the lineup to like seven or eight, and then he gets moved back up for that game. And he shows out. He's earned his right to get back to the top of the lineup to get some hits. And he'll be there until – and you got a serious – who did they play this weekend? At Notre Dame this okay. weekend. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Still cold. <laughs> Still cold up there probably or cool. Well, the so. thing about it, this was a big win for Clemson baseball. Not only because it was Georgia, but it was because of the weekend before when when they went out In and Florida just State laid down. a big goose egg against Florida State. They needed to have something good to happen to them. And how do you do that? You make it happen for you. You don't wait on it to come to you. They took control of that Georgia game. They wanted to win it. They didn't want to have to get back to Clemson and hear all the people talking about, well, Georgia beat you, Georgia beat you. SEC beat you, SEC. No, they didn't want to hear all that. So they went out and they put a beat down on Georgia. So that should give them a better mental state going into Notre Dame. Now, I'm like Chris. It temperature might be a little different up there Friday and Saturday than it was in Athens last night or night before. Yeah, well, yeah, it'll be a good 20 degrees cooler. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they're high still in the 60s as of right now. And I think so. Notre Dame's struggling a little bit this yeah. year, too, so it's not. But it's still a conference it series is. that you need to a win. A road, yeah. A and road. if you can win a conference series on the road, you, you that's a plus in your back pocket. That's something, like Tom said, you can build off of that. 
Then we had a pretty good battle uh, down in South Carolina in ladies softball. Yeah, uh, the Tigers uh, from Clemson ended up coming away with a win on that one, thanks to a fluke play on at second base where they said the runner for South Carolina left early, and that uh, you know counts as an automatic out at that point. So uh, Clemson ends up getting the win, ends up with the, the sweep of the of the Gamecocks in this one. But this is a team three years up and running that uh, has come out here, and I think they've responded well in the players that they've got. How do, you, how do you get players? I mean, Don Staley, even we saw her basketball team take, what, five, six years to develop. This one from the get-go, this coach comes down from the north, uh, takes over a brand-new program, and right away they're making an impact. I mean, yeah, like you say, and you know what? what one thing that Stan and I have talked about in the past is they got fans behind them up there for the softball team. It's about time for the, for the other teams to start getting in line other than football and basketball and getting these fans back out. Valerie, i tell you how you do it, Tom. You do it with a star like Valerie Cagle. Yeah. Uh, and she's a phenomenal softball player, man. Definitely was a winner. The one, the one that I wanted to check on to see is Miss Beverly, how she reacted. You know, she had to – she got – ejected two or three games before i wonder how she reacted to the to that call at, at first base about the runner leaving early or when the runner left early in the game was over i'm sure she didn't take to it very kindly and like i said i'm, I'm glad she just didn't show out like she'd done in the past this is an older lady just coaching softball but she she's highly motivated and things like that just if it don't go away she's not a happy camper so congrats to the tigers on that win because that was a team win there that wasn't that wasn't caroline didn't do anything really lose that game you just had players step up to the plate and win yeah. games yeah. valerie cagle is just phenomenal you did it so tigers moved to 19 and 3 uh <laughs> overall right now gamecocks i think are 27 and 12 something like yeah. that yeah. yeah and we're hey i'm ecstatic with that because we lost some players off last year's teams yep. well, so the, I, and, and we've said it before we feel like this clemson team needs to play more of those quad one teams mm-hmm. um and that that schedule that's on the coach and the athletic staff that that's on them they've got to start scheduling 19-3 a good record great record but let's go back and look at the 19 wins and see who they were, and then look at the three losses and see who those were to. And I think it was Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee uh, Alabama, wins. and somebody, or you know, somebody that's going to be ranked ahead of them because they're playing more quad one teams. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about on Monday, if this if this team, if you didn't look at the name and you saw that record, mm-hmm. and you didn't look at Clemson, and it was let's say Florida State, they'd be ranked yeah. first. This is a brand-new program. That's the reason they're just hesitant to give them. They'll move up, and I'm telling you, yeah. if they win this weekend, they're going to get some notices at that number one mark. I mean, Florida State would have to lose, but, I mean, the teams, like you said, I think they played – their schedule's been very tough this year, even mm-hmm. with the, the the women's winter team is at the borderline of getting a couple of votes to get into the top 25 also. And so, like I said, we're, we've started some pretty good teams around here. Clemson being one now. Winthrop's got their own women's team. Uh, PC is moving up into women's softball and baseball. Uh, so we're lucky around the Lakelands area with the Clemson and everything. And this is a really good softball team. This will be one that you'll see toward tournament time. it be fun to get back yeah. to the Super Regionals. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think they got a team to do it. All right, uh, one more statewide before we go to the Lakelands as far as colleges go. Uh, look at the Lady Gamecocks. Basketball-wise, they had, what, five? Five in the top 25. Top 25 to go along with. That's a big-time WNBA uh, draftees that are going to be in there with Anaya Boston going number one overall. And then uh, to top that off, I didn't think they could top it off, but then the next day they turn around and say, you know what? Our first game next year, we're going to play Notre Dame, but we're not going to do it in the United States. Love it. We're, yeah. we're going to go to the city of we, love. We. 
We're going to Paris. Trevian. Going to I France. Think, I think we Trevian. need to talk to somebody and see if we can't get a live broadcast or at least a podcast mode out before the game. I uh, Listen, my one trip to Paris was not a great one coming home. We had to make an emergency landing in Gondor, Newfoundland, and I'll let y'all have that one. I, I love Paris. Uh, it's a dirty town, but uh, that would be fun to do that. And I like I said, that's just that, – that, there again, you know, I give Dolan a lot of – Riffed about some of her things politically, but that just shows you that that's the team they want to watch play. And that team that they're playing, that's another good basketball team, yeah. so it should be good next year. I love what they said on draft day, and they asked Dawn, and they said, man, five girls? What you going to do next year? He said, I'm going to bring you five more. <laughs> Don't you be stunned if that statement isn't true, because yeah. next year you got Breezy Hall and the rest of Chloe Kitts and some of these yeah. other kids and Cordoza. We laugh about it, but there could easily be three. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was just a funny statement she made. Don't, she, I'll be bringing back some more next year. So, and that's—I mean, she's actually. There's been two that have left. The, the girl at Indiana that was up for Player of the Year that got hurt midway through. Sacramento's the team she's looking at mm-hmm. to come to. So you're the start at Indiana. You get hurt and you didn't get to finish your season. So you want to go play for Dawn now, who was one of her original recruits out of Philadelphia up the area up there. And then the lady from Temple that, that's going to transfer down. Uh, she only averages like 19 a game at Temple. <laughs> so you bring a 20 pointer in and just you can instantly put her in an offense. And she's like six, four, six five. So she's going to fit in perfect with that team. That you rebuild by reloading. I mean, we're well, starting well, to see that in every sport. Well, the thing too is, and and Tom and I were talking about this earlier. Where was I doing you, all you these walk conversations? In, you walk in, you walk into, you uh, walk into a recruit's home, and and that recruit is on the fence. And you walk in and say, "Well, you come here, you sign with me. Guess where our first game next year is? Paris, France. Have you ever been to Paris, France? No. Okay. Yeah. You know, you can go join this other team over there, and you might get to go to Florida, or you might go to down to Jamaica, or California, or out to California. But we're going to the city of love, to the city of lights, to the Arc de Triomphe, and there you go, all these Sean's other Elysee. places. You know, and and it will be we oui, we oui. a nationally televised game. Their contracts haven't been set yet as far as what network's going to get it, but uh, I guarantee you it will be. That November the second or yeah. third, whatever it is, at whatever time. Now it might be a two o'clock in the morning start time. You might have to go to bed early and get up early, but uh, it'll be televised. And yeah. I think it's an honor anyway because this is the first concept they've done yeah. this yeah. to go overseas. It's been to London, but they've never been to Paris. And I mean, mm-hmm. the one good thing about it, if you don't know French, I mean, I took three years of French so I could go to Paris and stuff. And I get over there, and I didn't even have to use it. Because McDonald's is the same one combo everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you say, I want the one combo. It's a Big, nat- it's a big Mac. So you, number seven, you, you don't need yeah. to. I mean, I know a little bit of it. And I, like I said, I love the way he uses art. And then, like I said, it'd be cool to do a podcast from the Eiffel Tower. That'd be perfect for me and you. And Stan. I go second level. I'm not going to the top. <laughs> oh, top, top's easy. It's an elevator. <laughs> it's easy. Right up and right down. We'll set up a table in the elevator and go up and down. <laughs> we can do that in uh, interview, people. All right. We're at Howard's on Bain in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by today. Thursday special, of course, is the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich. You can come by and take advantage of that every Thursday. Got any left? Got any ribeye steak left? Yeah, I got ribeye. He, he he's got ribeye left. But got, twice baked? He says we got plenty. 
Okay, we've got, we got a few left to go along with it. <laughs> so All right. come get them from Barry. Here around the Lakelands, we've got some big news concerning uh, Erskine and uh, Lander men's tennis. Uh, Erskine women's tennis, uh, it was beginning of this week, it came out that uh, they have been ranked number nine in the latest NCAA Division II women's tennis southeast regional poll, which is good news. Um, because they have broke the top ten for the first time yet this season. But it's even better news because their last regular season game is coming up today, and then they get into conference play. And, of course, those rankings also help determine uh, where they will sit in the NCAA championship selection to go along with it. So you're almost guaranteed a spot now that you're in the top ten if you can hold out this week. How cool is it? And I'm going to bring – Anderson into the conversation. So you got Lander, Erskine, and and Anderson now that are all ranked in these rankings. Anderson's there, and it's a brand new school too, for the most part. And then of course you know Lander's been tennis for yeah. The men's are uh, number eleven right now, um, and they're playing at yeah. uh, Coach Cabri right now. By the way, are they, yeah, what's going on now? Bless you, Nick. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're fifteen and two overall. Um, they get to go down and take on number nine Flagler this afternoon in the process of all that. So. Uh, looking forward to seeing where these guys end up once the tournament play is over and done with and they get into uh, NAACC championship play. I think it's going to be awesome. I, I love the rankings. and They're earned, man. They're not given. They're earned. And, I mean, to see them earn their way to the top like Lander, I mean, that's awesome. Credit to the coaches and the university. Yep. And then uh, at Lander, let's also talk about the baseball team. They picked up a huge win against Limestone in midweek here, 9-5 to five the final in that one. Um, more importantly, they improved to 15 and, or, excuse me, 17-22 uh, overall, but they are at the 500 mark as of right now, so uh, in region play. So that's, that's even better news, but uh, Connor Doe's, uh, Lucas Martino, Ethan Wilder, Gary Garrett, um, again, just – Knocking it all over the field for the for the Bearcats against the Saints. What, what's Gary Garrett hitting right now? Do you have his stat? Uh, I can find out. I'm gonna tell you something. He he started the year off with Erskine, man. I'm gonna tell you they, they that's a hitter right there. He that's a hitter. I would be stunned if he's not hitting 350. So I may be stunned. Um, but. He's hitting 287 as of right now. That's fine. Yeah, he, he ain't quite 350, but he can work his way to it. Yeah, big time hitter though. Better than Ozuna for the Braves, who's batting .083, by the way. You know, that was one of the things that they hit on Major League Baseball last night. How much longer Snickers stays with a guy like Marcel Ozuna. And I'll tell you why. He's a Marlin. That's why he's not hitting anything. So don't send him back to us. We finally are hitting. So we, don't, we don't want him back yeah. in, in, in Miami, so. But yeah, but, I was wondering if you were going to bring it up. Yeah, I was going to sneak it in there somewhere along the line and it's not, he's not really but, costing, you know. You're still winning games. No, but Connor's hitting 318 as of right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at uh, Matthew Burgess, uh, he's hitting 351, 324 for Will uh, McLennan to go along with it. And then you've got, uh, you know, some other guys that are uh, hitting well. You look at Caleb uh, McKetrick. He's only, McKetrick. He's only played two games, but he's hitting 600. So I mean, he's coming off the bench and doing yeah, something. So. He's getting something and, you know, done. this year, again, the pitching's been pretty well for Lander. It hasn't been too bad this year. I mean, I don't know what the ERA is a team, but, I mean, they're, they're winning games they, sh- they shouldn't win. So, And I love the fact they can go to Augusta and just pick up win after win after win against a really good Augusta team. So, ERA is a team right now, 5.77. Well, I was wrong with it. Then so. they gotta, they gotta, that's something they got to work on. The hitting's good. Uh, get the pitching up where it needs to be. And I, a couple islands will do that. I mean, you – you throw two shutouts, and that's going to bring that way down. That mm-hmm. goes from a five to a two just like this. You just got to shut out somebody. 
Yeah. And they got a big series. They they got a big series coming up, so and we'll, we'll see how they do. They're going down to St. Augustine, take on Flagler down there. So uh, Flagler, They'll probably definitely get some they, water. <laughs> they should win this series. Knock on wood, I say that. But <laughs> they should win this series, if not sweep this series against I agree, Flagler. I, I, would, I would hope so. And like I said, I, my, you know, anytime you have something like that, in my mindset is, a, is I'm going down the, to there. It's more of a sightseer than going there and keeping your mind on what you're doing and you know, I, that's a that's a nice little complex down there, and I mean, you're gonna get to see the ocean, and so it'll be it'll be fun to see how they play. And like I said, pull out pull out two out of three this weekend, and take the, you don't worry about a sweep, just take the series. That's what you got to focus on. Yep. Then Lander baseball, or not Lander baseball, but uh, Erskine baseball, they uh, did really well as well. Uh, Rivera homers uh, to go ahead with the big runs uh, to beat Augusta, which is a Peach Belt Conference team. Uh, they end up scoring uh, eight to three at Grice Field on Tuesday afternoon for the big win that was there. But again, um, you know, Josh Kohler working a scoreless top of the fourth and an RBI ground out uh, to go along with it. The fleet struck early in this one uh, and were able to hold on as uh, Limestone tried tried to, or excuse me, or Augusta tried to come back in the second half down around, uh, I think it was the seventh or eighth inning. I ask you again, because <laughs> this is a concept we always talk about. Erskine plays a lot of the teams that Lander play. What, what, what is keeping Erskine College from joining the ranks of the the beach the, belt? Yeah, I mean, what what is it? Well, population or is it something to that effect? Or well, both of these conference, conference Carolina, the Peach Belt Conference is kind of intermixed, right? And they play each other. I mean, yeah. you, you so always see an Augusta against. Why not make one giant? Super I agree, conference. and I think it would be even <laughs> more beneficial for both schools. I mean, I think both schools would benefit from that. And throw Anderson in there. I mean. I, Anderson's going to be joining in there soon enough. Yes, I mean, yeah. let's go ahead and clear that because I mean, we're talking about I I had forgot the name of the one for Erskine, but I mean, I thought Peachville was easy enough to remember. But I uh, I I'd, I'd like to see that because you're already playing basically the same schedule. We just put them together and cause like I said, they're competitive. You know, they weren't in basketball this year, but generally they are in basketball. Um, and I just I always wonder why they never thought to combine because they're they're rivals in every sport. They play every sport, don't they? Say? Yeah. Baseball, just basketball. About, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. There, there you go. I mean, I'd like to see that collaboration come together. You know, maybe it's, if Lee Tom Carroll says something about it, they might do it, but I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I, I, I want them to join a super conference is what I want. I want to see a 32-team conference. And that'd be great. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Young oh. Harris is for that, too. I'm oh. sure of that. So. Now I'm really going to promote you to the big level so we can see that on the big stage for everything. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be. Double headers every time they go out. Well, they're playing them now anyway. Just about because of, because of the rain, because well, of the weather. Well, you know, some of those schools have football, and some in the Peach Belt. Does anybody in the Peach Belt have football right now? Um, I don't. No, I can't think of one. Uh, with Anderson joining Conference Carolina, Carolina. they now Probably have two. enough. They have six. That's that what I'm saying. It, so you've you got six over there that are going to be playing football. Uh, why do we want to come play beach bat yeah. when we can't play football? And some of them are and playing in the sack, the too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they are teams that are there. But. Good question. <laughs> I always thought the question. You know the commission. You talk to him. Give him a call, yeah. <laughs> First thing he's going to ask me is, well, you're in Greenwood. Y'all show comes out of Greenwood. You can't even get Lander to do it? No, sir, he won't talk to us. I, trust me, I would have asked him that if I'd known that was a question uh, to be posed. Uh, I don't mind asking crazy questions. 
Well, I yeah. said, like, how many times have we been on the podcast? Nick's sitting right there. And do they get credit when I say bad weather all the time? Maybe I should say bad weather states and they get a promotion pop off of that. But, I mean, bad <laughs> weather is the theme this year in baseball. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's, it's, it's something else. Well, uh, along that rabbit hole, I was <laughs> I can't I was going to Columbia yesterday and uh, I was flipping the radio around on the satellite and I picked up one talk show I don't even remember what it was and they got to talking about uh, they were talking about conferences I mean basically the Power Five conferences and what conference is good at what why is this conference so much better than that conference and, and Evidently, there were SEC guys, and they were saying, well, you know, the SEC dominates in every sport. It's not just one. It's every sport, whereas ACC is known as a basketball conference. You know, this one up here might be known as a hockey conference. You know, this one over. But it seems like every sport that is played outdoors, those are the ones that the SEC seems to win every year. You know, the track and field, the football, the baseball, the soccer, men's and women's. I mean, the golf, the tennis. Why? And the one guy looked at him and said, well, I know why. I can tell you why. It's, it's this thing called weather. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, don't have, have, no, we don't have snow. We don't have <laughs> We may play baseball games in a thunderstorm with the rain, but we don't have to play baseball and football in the snow. Snow or tornadoes or yeah, yeah. We know, don't whatever. we don't have to schedule we don't have to schedule games the first month of the season and travel across five or six states just to play a ball game. Those people come to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. B Rad getting ready for happy hour coming up here. He's already got uh, somewhat of a good crowd. Uh, uh, Bellied up to the bar, getting ready uh, for all that to take place. They got an act coming in tonight, as well as Bad Weather States tomorrow night. Uh, going to be on this very same stage that we're on as of right now. So looking forward to that. If you're making plans for something to do this afternoon or tomorrow night, you can do that. They'll have the games on the big screen up there behind B-Rad in the process. So Cold beer, good times. Go on that. High school-wise, uh, start off with the 2023 football head coaches changes that are going on. Still have seven oh, schools no. that are out there <laughs> as of right now. One of those is McCormick. Uh, the Chiefs are looking not only for a head football coach, but a baseball coach and I heard rumors too that um, they're looking for a, an athletic director as Possibly. well. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, I still look man this is still very very hush hush and it bothers me to, to say the least because all these other jobs have been open for a while and McCormick I, the only thing I see from from um, the superintendent Henry is that they're, that's what they're looking for but I'm just wondering if you if you've already got a baseball coach you're looking for which that was uh, Sally White that went somewhere last year but uh, you already got Pratt out at football coach. Why would you not go ahead and just advertise the AD along with the football? Because do you have confidence in your basketball guy to be the AD? Maybe I don't know. I mean, but uh, looks like you could you you get a coach a lot faster with the AD job attached. You see what I'm saying? Well, well, some some may some do and some don't like it. Some would just say I don't want the AD job because it takes up so of much time. of my time. Uh, I want to be able to concentrate on my sport. Year round, and and people can say what they want to about football being in the fall and baseball here and that and that. Those coaches work year round. Yeah, he may be an assistant on the football and he may be an assistant on the baseball, but 
he's doing football work during baseball season and baseball work during football season, I can promise you. And they don't want all that of it. Yeah, don't let Sparky talk to him because we see Sparky at every event. <laughs> not, not well. Sparky's going. Sparky's got that AD job. He, he's going to be at every he's event not anyway. Be so there, yeah. He's, he does. He's going to do what he's he got to do. Be there. Um, also, Matthew Bennett making a big impact at ninety six since he took yeah. over for Matthew Owens, um, and he comes in already. Got them involved in community service, and they were painting, painting the handrails over there at, at Campbell Stadium in the process of all of that, and uh, changing it from yellow to white. So you're going to see more of a, a white and maroon colored stadium this time around under new management i'm excited i mean whenever we first heard about that job of course you think about what matthew owens had tried to do in a couple years that he was there and what he was successful to do it i mean like i said what was the touchdown club last year when he comes in there and you can tell how dejected he is well i had to do something as a coach i don't like to do i had to kick three or four players off the team and that affected his win percentage Mm -hmm. um but he still did it and you know I hope that's what's going to happen. Let's see. I hope that, that this guy's going to come in and do the same thing. I love the fact that he's coming in kind of like Chris Liner did, mm-hmm. put me to work. You know, Chris painted the weight room over at Greenwood under the visiting stands. That was the first thing he did was paint during COVID. So, I mean, I think it's good if, if the community sees you out there busting your butt trying to make the facilities better, they'll come out and support, and they may come out and support you and help you paint. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's wonderful what he's doing. And, I mean, that's what it takes at these smaller schools. So, whoever does get the McCormick job, don't just come in thinking you're going to win or, or whatever. you got to earn your community and earn that respect from your community, and that's what makes you successful. Developing community yep. uh, success is what you're talking about. And like I said, Chris Liner comes straight in from Lawrence, and hey. All right, boys, varsity track. Greenwood went over to Emerald. Uh, the girls end up placing first. The guys end up placing second overall uh, in this one uh, at the Greenwood High School uh, home meet that took place uh, back on Tuesday, I believe. Monday or Tuesday, but uh, uh, yeah, but it's it's uh, it's one of those where they got to go on the road now. I, I don't have the results. All I know is that they took the places that they did, but now they got to go on the road. They got to take part in the third annual Gary Phillips Invitational down at Batesburg Leesville, and uh, you got Gilbert down there. You got Lexington there taking place and joining all that. Those cats are fast. They are quick. I mean, that's what, it's also what's going to make this one so good. So looking forward to uh, finding out the results there this weekend, and then girls varsity softball. Um, they beat Greenville 8-4. to The Lady Eagles did. They stole the lead late in the game uh, for that victory at Greenville, of all places. And game was tied in the third uh, to go along with that. Kaylee uh, Dorflin, again, singled on a one-and-one count, ends up scoring a run to go ahead in that one. And, um, you know, Fowler, by the way, two for two at the plate uh, for Greenville to go along with it. This, you know, this one came down to the last couple of innings. Yeah, and you know, I love the fact that where they're beating and where they're winning these games at. Yeah, so. yeah. Keep, keep it rolling. Yeah, Lady Eagles had 13 hits on the day to go along with that. And then uh, boys baseball for the Eagles, they, they, they've they gone out of conference play, or out of region play, I should say, uh, this week. They went North Augusta, end up beating them 4-3. to three. They come home, take on a Burns team, end up winning that one 9-2 to two, um, uh, on Monday night. And uh, it just keeps rolling from there. Now they got to go to Burns tonight. Uh, that game time is at 6.30 to go along with it. But, again, you're, you're sitting much like the, the Carolina Gamecocks. You're seeing some power hitting coming in and well, making a and, difference. And you're seeing them playing better teams. They're not playing the little sisters of the poor outside of conference. They're going up against somebody that will challenge them, which makes the coach's job easier to challenge his players to be the best that they can be. 
Well, and it's it's that old saying that you get better as the season goes on. Yeah. Remember the beginning of the season in the, in February, they went over to uh, Georgetown, and you know that was some good teams, but you didn't come out. The outcome that wasn't what they wanted, wanted no. at, at all. But uh, since then, they've gotten better and better as the season's gone on, pitching they wise too. They didn't play well there, and Coach Baker is just not one that's going to just accept mediocrity. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, Tom. That's an interview we hadn't done yet, but let's get it on the books because. Every day that Coach Baker puts out something on Facebook, I absolutely love what he says. He's out take these dudes over all Americans any day because of the play that they put forward forward. This team's not about when we first started talking about Greenwood baseball, there was two guys we talked about. Three. TJ Aiken, mm-hmm. Elijah Tiller, Matt Murray. You got a lot more guys stepping in now. You got the uh, TJ Avery's kid. So you got a bunch of them coming in. Uh oh. Willie. Willie's Willie, on board. Willie, Willie's, Willie's, <laughs> Willie, we don't know where he is, but he just sent us a photograph of what he's eating. Where, so, where yeah, in the world is Willie? We need more food. Yeah. I, I, he got be, me excited about it. I, I'd be willing to bet you that's at Sheely's. Probably. Yeah, I bet it is because it's Wednesday. So I bet that's it. But, um, well, it's Thursday, but that's okay. <laughs> great. I can't even think what day it is. You're right, mm. it is Thursday, but – um, great job by Coach Baker. I definitely want to get the interview with him. And I was thinking like the same thing is go get him and you got TJ and you got uh, that little fellow that sits by me in the press box at Greenwood named Jim Steele. He'll be right there with it too. I know Monday, as a matter of fact, is Coach Baker's asking for all the varsity fans that come out. He wants them to come out and support the JV team. They're playing Monday afternoon. And I don't guess the varsity's playing Monday. So he wants everybody to come out and support this JV team because he wants them to get that recognition. So, I mean, that might be something. And the JV team's pretty good. We might think about that one. That might be somewhere we think about just making an appearance at and just seeing how things are and and go from there. But like I said, Coach Baker's that guy. He loves his dudes, as he says on all his little messages. And um, they had a heck of a turnout for the, what was it? I don't know anything about this because I don't have kids anymore. Um, Squishmallows? What are these things? They're like, it's just pillow. It's basically what it is, but it's in the shape of characters. They, I don't know. How many did they get donated? I mean, it was unreal. Squ- I can't even say it. Squishmallows or whatever, but <laughs> they, every kid loves a squish. I kept seeing she had one. Um, but they donated to whatever the cause was, and they, they raised so many that he was just out. He was just it was out of, uh, for Alva, wasn't it? That's it. That's exactly so, what it was yeah. for. So, I mean, good calls. They did a good job doing it. And that's what I like about this team. It's not just a team that's going to sit on their their morals, their laurels. They're going to get out and do stuff for the community. And you see it giving back to the team because it makes them want to play harder and play better for these, these things that they're doing. This is a really good baseball team, I mean, Tom. Stan, I said, this might be a team we travel and we see some really good playoff games uh, when they finally hit. And, I mean, this is a, I think this could be the team that – Jim said it last night. Now, he didn't knock on wood again uh, for me. But he said, I don't want to say anything to get everybody blown out of the picture or anything. But he said, this is a team I can see at State. So, I mean, he – and it could be because he got a son playing. <laughs> so does TJ. <laughs> I didn't more. realize TJ Avery no, has a son no, playing. No, too, no, so. no real – Pressure, pressure at all. No, uh, no bias. But I mean, he's a guy that he, he did this last year. He watched that team last year, and we both said what a good team they had last year. Maybe they've got what they've got to have now pitching-wise to carry the momentum to where they want to be. But this is a good baseball team, and like I said, get out and support them. Burns is no walkover anyway. Yeah, they only allowed one hit against Burns. They're, I'm telling you, they're, they're a good baseball team. And to keep playing these teams like that, I love to see the fact they beat North Augusta because – North Augusta is one of these CSRA teams, prima donna teams that they all talk about down there. And uh, that wasn't even a close game either. So, I mean. <laughs> Go along with it. All right. Um, as time gets keeps creeping up on us here, we had some others that we wanted to uh, make mention of. Uh, 
look at uh, soccer-wise. I know Stan big yeah. on this because Emerald comes up with a huge win against Strom Thurmond, thirteen to one in this one, and uh, it, it, it it got ugly. I mean, I it was that. five I, nothing at the and, at the and, half. And so. you hate as a coach, you hate those games, and you can do. I mean, I've had games where I would pull kids off the field. I would tell them, you got to make this number of pay. You can only score with your head. And you still scoring game goals. And, it, you know, you just, there's nothing you can do when you're that much better than the other team. Yeah. But uh, my good friend and former uh, swimmer Seth Reynolds, he scored three goals along with uh, uh, Jamez. Also, Daniel Darren had three goals. Ethan uh, Jamezin. Uh, Jose Perez, um, let's see, Rom Weidman, who else is on this goal list? Uh, Jose Raja, you know, all scoring goals to go along with it. And then they get to assists, and they get the same names that are involved in the score goals that, that are given assists. So Emerald moves to 7-3 and three on the season as of right now. they got Woodruff coming up Friday night. Should be a good game Friday, or match, or however you mm-hmm. said yeah. Soccer match. match. And then girls varsity softball. Emerald fell to Union County 14-4 to in mm. this one. Um, and really, Union County just kind of opened it up uh, early. It was, what, 5 to nothing going into the top of the third. Emerald scores two there, but they come back and match it and then score in every frame but the seventh after that. And uh, that, that's hard to do. And you've got talent like the Yellow Jackets have as of right now to fall far behind in that game. But they collected a bunch of hits. Maddie Dickinson had a single and a trip. Uh, Julia Cresswell, uh, another former swimmer of mine, she had a single. Mally Stone had a single. Peyton Stanford had a single. And Katori Brown also a single in that one. So hitting the ball well. They are. And they, keep I mean, it I, going. Keep it rolling. Yeah, and then varsity baseball, uh, Matt Kite ha- had a, a, this one just kind of a heartbreaker. Eight to six against Union County in this mm-hmm. one. They, they lost the lead late, too, to fall. Uh, as Calvin Harrison was two of four and led the team at the plate to go along with that, but um, you know that that's a hard one. Of course, last night I didn't get the score from last night, but uh, they had the goal night to, as well uh, yeah. to go along with that. So the Greenwood Abbeville Little League was there. They got free admission if they wore their jerseys, and I told it was packed, but uh, don't have the results. That well. was a big success at Greenwood the night before. So yeah. for the other game, Coach I like I said, they started a year out and they were kind of what we would say mediocre, but they, they've turned around. They're competitive in baseball now. Which you expect from Coach Hyatt. I mean, that's yeah. expecting it to go. And then spring games, guys, uh, as we conclude with this, we've got a lot of things that are happening uh, spring-wise. Clemson starts at 1 o'clock. Looking at um, what they've got to have do or what they've got to do as far as their spring game, they've got to come up with something uh, at the wide receiver spot. Now, I do like the fact that Dabble Sweeney has come out and he said, we're not running an orange-white or orange mitt game this time around. We're going to go ones against ones, ones against twos, twos against twos, twos against ones, and we're going to mix it up again. But you're also looking for a new kicker, new somebody that's going to be able to put it through the two uprights in the process of all this because Batson has graduated. As many times as he pulled his hair about Potter and stuff, <laughs> he's back on that track again. I like the concept now. And like I said, this year, this year, come Monday, we'll have – maybe we'll try to get B-Ray. He's going to the spring game. He's going to bring in the report back to us on Monday. So that'll be good to hear what he's got to say. But I told you when I came in, I said, here, look at this picture. What's, what's wrong with this picture? It's the first time I've actually seen Dabo smiling before the season starts. Usually coaches are, like, pulling their hairs out. Now, Beamer's got – his whole mentality is different about football. He just loves what he does. But you're finally starting to see that. 
thing, and I, I still say that it goes back to the fact that this year he's got confidence in Garrett Riley and, and what he's going to do, and it's basically on him. And if, it's, if he don't do his job, we know what will happen. So he already knows what will happen if he doesn't do his job. And I think they're going to be really successful. I don't know where – like I said, where do you pull the wide receiver from? Is there a well, quarterback on that team that's that good at that's that's the other thing speed? is you've got you got that new guy um, out of Texas <laughs> that's given uh, uh, Colbrick a, a run for his money as of right yep. now and it, it, to tell you the truth uh, he may not be the starter come uh, beginning of fall practice it might be this new guy well I like the kid that Will Shipley's got to worry about that says he's going to take Will's job put him in yeah. slot yeah. Uh, you know I think he's six two six one something like that. That's a slot receiver more than I would think about a running back. But, I mean, you got options this year, and I think this year – I think the confidence that Riley brings in after that national championship game against Georgia, I think that's a whole lot different than what you've had with Streeter. And I think that's just a total impact change for the Tigers. Um, Streeter did a great job, and he's learned a lot, learned a lot when he gets down there with uh, Mike Bozo and the rest of that crowd. But um, – I, I think he's happy to be going. I think Dabo's happy that he's got somebody he can depend on at that offensive coordinator position. He's willing to take the, the reins. And, he and take the hit or he knows he takes the hit. And yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think he's another guy that's like a um, – who's defensive coordinator that went to Oklahoma? Um, Venables. I, Venables. I think this guy's another guy that I don't know that he wants to be a head coach right now. I mean, he's young and he sees what his brother does. It goes through at Southern Cal. He's like, bump that. I'll be happy here at Clemson and 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 go from there. But if he was going to take a jump, it would have been this past year when when he had a chance to go into the head coaching role and he chose to stay a coordinator. I think he wants to hone his game and his skills in, and and I think he's going to do a great job. And like I said, uh, what's the best I, talent he's had to work with in his career so far? I was impressed yesterday watching the news last night with Dial Loggins. I'm not still 100 percent sold on him. I didn't get but a two second chance to talk to John Daly about him. He's like like the mayor. He he they love Dowell Loggins up there. So if if the mayor can can say it and and John Daly can say it, I can live with him until he <laughs> until he shows me wrong. And I think his concept's fun too. He had them out there laughing. They were jumping around doing like uh, tag and stuff like that, playing. I mean, they were having a good time. And it, it's a new concept for them. All right. Then Carolina, they got their spring game, 7 o'clock, um, fireworks, concert. Uh, you want to talk live concert? <laughs> live this live is, golf tour. This is live golf tour on steroids <laughs> for Carolina right now. And it's now. free, by I guess Clemson is too. I mean, yeah, they're both free. But so. Carolina's going to have to look at running back, and they're also going to have to look at uh, what's going on uh, at the defensive end, and I would say the defensive back spots to go along with that as of right now. Those are going to be the three areas I'm anxious to see how they sure up. I'm a little worried off in some line. Well, here's, so. here's the one thing we have to remember. We're all excited for these spring games. We are to see what we have right now. But guess what today is? That's <laughs> three months from the start of the season. Today, today, <laughs> today, no, today is April the 15th. From now to April the 30th, guess what happens? Transfer portals open for 15 days. You can play your spring game. Come Monday, you could have 11 new kids out there. <laughs> if you got the spots to put them, I mean, you know, I don't I like feel it. like having a recruiting yeah. open at yeah, certain I mean, times but, all but year here long. again, at the same time, these coaches aren't dummies. They knew today what opened the spring portal. They know if they, they got, too. If they got somebody they're interested in, hey, come on down here this Saturday. And we'll show you what we're all about because we're going to have our spring game. And you'll have that. James. Yeah. Sands on the field more than I am in Columbia. So I'm just telling you. And then and then you get – and that's one thing that Coach Beamer talked about. 
about that. Why are you moving the spring game from 12-1 to, to 7 o'clock in the evening? Because we got recruits coming in. We want to be able to spend all day with them, not an hour. I like it. Yeah. Be red. Expectations on Clemson spring game. You're going. It's going to be amazing. He's, be amazing. <laughs> He's excited. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here Monday to tell us about it. So bring your report. Yep. Looking forward to it yep. all getting started. We're going to get your comments as well. Go ahead and uh, you can uh, DM, us, DM us uh, as well on Facebook. Uh, we appreciate love to get it. it. Keep them coming. Uh, appreciate all the, the kind words exactly. to go along with that as well. You can check us out. We'll try to keep you informed as best we can. And, um, you know, come on by, see Howard and his staff here. they got happy hour going on, band coming in later tonight. they got bad weather states tomorrow evening right here on this very stage at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. You're not going to want to miss out on it because it will be a ruckus inside and <laughs> it will be a ruckus outside to go along with that. Stan, thanks a lot well, for coming in. Hey, we got to get this equipment off stage. The band's going to be here in just a second. <laughs> Chris Cox, I'm Tom Carroll. Thanks for joining us. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.